Hello and welcome to another episode of Cranky Talk, a show for avgeeks and non-avgeeks alike. We continue to tackle everything happening in the aviation world in the time of COVID, and today we're going to talk about the disappearance of big airplanes. Oh no, this isn't a what happened to that uh, Malaysian flight kind of episode, is it? <laughs> no, it is not. I, uh, I should be more clear. Uh, I am talking about the big airplanes that have been put out to pasture because they've outlived their usefulness. These are some of the most iconic airplanes in the world, the 747 and the A380, but they're going away quickly. The 747 in particular was responsible for so many important travel memories. This goes well beyond avgeeks. Uh, Alright, let's do this. Slow your roll there, Dave. First, sir, we need to do a little housekeeping and thank our sponsors. Let's start with the answer to last week's The Archive Trivia question. Do you know the three airlines that Southwest has acquired during its history? No. Oh, come on. You could have gone and done some research on thearchive.net, man. Uh, yes, uh, but there is a lot on that website, and I got lost very quickly. <laughs> I, I think that's a compliment. Anyway. It is. The, the answers are Muse Air... Morris Air, and AirTran. Now, Dave, I know you were thinking, hey, what about ATA? Uh, I, I don't think I was. Well, Southwest didn't take over ATA, see? Just kind of harvested the bits and pieces it wanted. Okay, good to know. Liar. Anyway, <laughs> we'll get to this week's question at the end of the show. Uh, let's also thank BetterHelp for being a sponsor. Uh, as you know, BetterHelp provides professional counseling done securely online. And we'll talk more about that later in the show. Yes, let's do that. Uh, okay, so big airplanes, how are we defining this? Mm, this is a great question. Uh, I'm really just talking about the two biggest guys, the two that see people on more than one deck. So those would be the Boeing 747, which was introduced more than 50 years ago, and the Airbus A380 that first flew just over 15 years ago. Okay, so one clearly did better than the other. That is very true. There were uh, more than 1,500 747s delivered over the last 50 years, and it opened up air travel for the masses. It was truly revolutionary when it came out. Uh, the A380 uh, it was much later to the game, and it was really just a miscalculation by Airbus from a commercial perspective. Not even 250 were built, despite the operational success of the airplane, and most of those just went to a single airline. Okay, so why is it that we're talking about them if they both had very different stories? Well, it's actually pretty simple. See, they both went out of fashion for the same reason. They're just too big for what the airline industry wants, and... The pandemic has very quickly accelerated what was already happening. Okay, but the 747 has been around for 50 years, so hasn't it really outlived its usefulness? Well, yes and no. See, the 747 had many different versions over the years. Um, so when it was first rolled out of the factory in the late 1960s, the 747-100, uh, totally different than the airplanes that came later. And in fact, the best version of the airplane wasn't even flown until the late 1980s when the 747-400 came out. That airplane had more capacity with an extended upper deck, plus a two-person cockpit with much improved avionics. Was a whole uh, thing. Okay, sorry, uh, a two-person cockpit? How many were there in the older ones? 
Oh, uh, right. I forgot. This isn't a thing you would probably know. <laughs> no. Uh, th- three. So they had a flight engineer ab- on board, but uh, automation was able to replace that position. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. But anyway, the 747 came out at a time when airlines really wanted to connect big cities to big cities and funnel through a ton of people onto those flights. The airplane's first commercial service was in 1970 when, you know the airline, no you don't, uh, when, when Pan Am flew from New York to London, which I'm pretty sure you have heard of Pan Am. I have heard of Pan Am, yes. Look at this. <laughs> so yeah, so the idea back then was you funnel people to the big gateways in a country, put them on a big plane across the ocean, and then they could, you know, fan out and connect beyond after that. And it worked pretty well. Like the the economics of the 747 made air travel so much cheaper for millions of people. Uh, and I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that. Millions of people. That's why you have so many people who have fond memories of their first big trip flying a 747. Because uh, that was what opened it up. I, I'm actually one of those people. My first trip over the ocean had me fly home on a British Airways 747 from London. Oh, not me. Well, Dave, you're a child. Uh, but come on, you must have flown them when you were younger at some point. Uh, yes, I did when my mom worked for United. Uh, I'm pretty sure I sat upstairs once. I do remember it. See? It was special. And I should also point out, our listeners, this is insight into Dave. His mom worked for an airline, and he still doesn't care. <laughs> anyway. All right. So what happened? Let's talk about that right after the break. It's time to talk about our sponsor, BetterHelp. That's Better H-E-L-P. And Dave, the journey has not been as smooth as I'd hoped. Uh, uh-oh. Uh, things aren't going well uh, with BetterHelp for you? No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. Actually, because of BetterHelp, things are going much better than they otherwise would have been with traditional in-person therapy. Okay, now I'm confused. Uh, this is an ad read. <laughs> well, all right. Let, let's put it this way. <clears throat> Remember the guy that I had been matched with? Sure. Okay. Well, he was a slow email responder, but after a week, I finally had my appointment scheduled. We were ready to go. Less than an hour before, he sent me a note saying he had messed up and had a conflict, so he had to cancel. And he just rebooked me for the next day when I was busy. Okay, so that sounds pretty annoying. Yeah, it was. And here is the beauty of better help. If this was a traditional therapy session, I might have just sucked it up and rescheduled because it's a pain to find a new therapist if you want to work with someone. It's, it's just, it's such a pain. And since I'm using BetterHelp, it was totally different. I can easily just say, I'm done with this one. I want to switch. And then they give you a whole list of other therapists to browse and you can see their resumes and all this kind of stuff. And you just pick one and then voila, new therapist. Oh, that is pretty great. Uh, hopefully this uh, new one is better. Yeah, way better. So we, we have a weekly uh, video check-in, and uh, she sends me notes every so often asking how I'm doing. Um, it's a pretty good system. I actually really like the combination of uh, the like you know messaging system and video. Uh, you can journal as well when you're in here. It's, it's a pretty cool system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've used the messaging and the phone, uh, the the phone sessions, and both have been great. Oh, well, we'll talk uh, about that next time, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you'd like to give it a try, BetterHelp is giving Cranky Talk listeners ten percent off your first month. Just go to BetterHelp.com uh, forward slash Cranky. 
Again, that's better. H-E-L-P.com slash cranky for 10% off your first month of therapy. Okay. So why did the 747 die? Uh, it's actually pretty simple. The airlines just listened to what travelers wanted, and then they had to wait for technology to catch up to it. So the trend actually started long ago, even back to the 1980s when twin-engine airplanes like the 767 could start flying over oceans. But that didn't have a ton of range, and it was significantly smaller than a 747, so it, it wasn't really a replacement. Um, but by the turn of the century, Boeing was convinced that the future was in smaller, efficient twin-engine airplanes that could connect smaller cities and overfly the major gateways. Uh, it's kind of funny, because if, if Boeing really believed that, it would have built a 757 with more range. But, you know, it got there eventually. I Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Boeing, the the mind of Boeing is a whole nother thing to to discuss. But uh, but uh, in the nineties, they came out with the triple seven, and so this was smaller than a seven forty seven, but it was much bigger than the seven sixty seven, and it had two really efficient engines, way better than the seven forty seven's four engines, uh, and it was much more efficient. And then. Uh, the 787, the Dreamliner, was put on the drawing board, and that thing was super efficient, which is killer range. And so that really opened up a lot of these smaller destinations and, and was kind of the, the end for the 74. Oh. All right. So, like, what? Give me an example. Well, you have routes like Nashville to London or San Jose to Tokyo. Uh, you know, all, all those routes could easily bypass the big hubs. So, it meant that fewer people needed to be routed through the big hubs. Um, and that meant the 747 was just too big for most routes. And and I should add, these examples are actually pretty extreme. But even something like you flew L.A. to Rome, right? On, or mm -hmm. Milan, Rome. Um, mm -hmm. That was on a Norwegian Dreamliner. Remember when Norwegian was at a thing? Yes, uh, R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but, I mean, that's another route. Like, back in the day... There's a good chance maybe you would have had to go through London and connect to Rome or maybe through New York or something like that. Um, right. You know, so it, it's that type of thing that really changed. Okay. So if this is all happening, then why did Airbus build an even bigger plane oh. in the A380? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they screwed up, Dave. Okay. <laughs> Airbus had a totally different view of how the industry was going to evolve than Boeing. So Airbus said, all right, air travel demand is going to just keep growing. And the airports aren't going to be able to keep up with it. And so they'd be constrained, especially the, the biggest airports. So, so Airbus said, all right, these big airplanes are going to be necessary. Because even if airlines wanted to have smaller airplanes flying these routes, they'd be forced to use bigger airplanes because there's just not going to be enough airport capacity, and they'd need to kind of route these things through. Okay, and it sounds like that didn't happen? It did not. Uh, well, mostly. I mean, so British Airways still has a small fleet of A380s <clears throat> that can help it on trunk routes from London. Um, but it has a much bigger fleet of smaller airplanes that it would rather deploy on smaller routes, and it's used those way more. Okay, so seems like a big mistake. <laughs> oh, it was. Not even 250 were built, and the program is uh, is now shutting down. So uh, man many airlines that were flying the airplanes have already retired them. They're not even that old. But <laughs> since the pandemic b began, we've seen, uh, let's see, Air France, Etihad, Highfly, Lufthansa, Malaysia, Qatar, 
tie. Um, they've all either retired the airplanes or hint that they'll never actually come out of storage um, or at the very least reducing their fleets. But it's yeah, it's crazy. Okay, and the great airplane graveyard grows. Uh, <laughs> that seems like a lot of airplanes. Uh, is there anybody left? Uh, yeah, sure, sure are. But I mean, yeah, it's a short list. It, it was a short list even before those guys retired the airplanes. So, <laughs> uh, but the big fish is Emirates, which has right around half of the A380s that were ever built. They're all for Emirates. Uh, so Emirates is the only true believer in the airplane, and and it did thrive on bringing just a crushing number of passengers through the Dubai hub. Uh, see, D- Emirates' whole plan was to make Dubai the crossroads of the world, uh, and the geography is good for that. Um, but that's really about the only success story. Uh, and even Emirates has given up on the airplane. It, it tried to get improvements for an, a newer version of it, and uh, Airbus gave it its best shot, half-hearted shot. I don't know. And Emirates <laughs> is like, not good enough. And now they're out, and they're ordering other airplanes. Mm. Um, and then on, on that side of the world... The only other operator that's likely to, to be going, as far as we can tell, for any significant period of time is uh, British Airways. Um, it has 12, and they're all parked right now, but you know, maybe they'll come back. We don't know for sure. Uh, the rest are around the Pacific. So you do have Qantas down in Australia, which uh, hopes to bring the airplane back into service if Australia ever opens its borders again. <laughs> so we'll see about that. Uh, Singapore, too, that was one of the early users there, and they have uh, some of the newest aircraft, uh, so they want to bring that back. Um, China Southern is the only Chinese airline to operate the airplane, but they, they seem pretty unsure about the future of it, so I'm, I'm not so sure there. And uh, then we have uh, Korean and uh, Asiana. They're merging, and uh, they seem to like the airplanes. Uh, Korean... They, they don't have a ton of them, but they do like it for some of their trunk routes. Um, and then the last operator is ANA in Japan, which it, it picked up three in the last few years. Uh, but that was only because it was kind of forced to do it uh, they, <laughs> because they were trying to take over a failing airline. All right. Uh, this all sounds like a very fun story. <laughs> Basically, they wanted to take over this airline because it had a bunch of slots at a Tokyo airport they wanted more slots at. And uh, Airbus had an outstanding order from this airline. And so ANA said, hey, if you give us support, then we'll take three of your A380s that nobody wants. Uh, and so they just kind of made that calculation. And now what they've been doing I mean, not now, but before the pandemic, the plan was to just keep those three airplanes running between Tokyo and Honolulu uh, filled with a bunch of tourists. So we'll see what happens to those. Okay, never mind. So what about the 747? (laughs) Uh, That has seen the same fate? Yep, yep. So since the pandemic began, uh, let's see, uh, British Airways... China Airlines, KLM, Qantas, Thai, and Virgin Atlantic have retired their entire fleets. Um, Lufthansa is done flying the 747-400. It still has a newer version. And and really, almost all that's left is Air China, Korean, and Lufthansa, um, which are mostly flying the 747-8, which was the newest version that was rolled out kind of as an A380 response. Um, apparently, uh, Air India still has a couple of 747-400s flying domestic routes, uh, I think. It's been reported they're not anymore, but that's entirely unclear. <laughs> uh, oh, and uh, uh, Ajiana still has one left that mostly flies from uh, Seoul, Inchon to India. 
Uh, they actually have a bigger fleet of cargo airplanes, so that's why they can bother flying one passenger airplane, same pilots. Uh, and Or, you know, if you're feeling adventurous, you can take your chances and chase some of these planes around in uh, Iraq or Russia uh, or Iran. Um, you know, still, still a couple left in the corners of the world there. Uh, okay, putting on my sincere voice, you got me. This is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I feel like I need to go fly one of these. I don't believe you, but if you are serious, <laughs> you better hurry up uh, or you'll need to just ship yourself. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> well, okay. Is, is this a new ad? Yeah, right. Are we, spon- are we sponsored by, uh, never mind. <laughs> by no one yet. If they pay us, we'll use names, though. Uh, no, so the 747, actually, when it was originally built, uh, the expectation was that it was going to be a freighter. Like, passengers were going to be on supersonic airplanes doing awesome stuff. And uh, the 747 was was going to phase out uh, as a freighter. And that's actually why they built it with that bump on top, the iconic-looking uh, upper deck there in the front. Uh, the idea was that the entire lower deck, you could swing up the nose and you could just load cargo on. And then up top is where you have the uh, pilots and then you could have, like, a small compartment for passengers or whoever. I mean, not probably not commercial passengers, but people who needed to fly with it. Uh, so... You know, that thing was built for cargo eventually, and it is a great cargo carrier, and you will still see that thing plying the skies for years as a cargo carrier. Uh, but the A380, uh, not so much. Uh, it, it was never built to actually carry cargo well. In fact, there was a freighter version that uh, UPS and FedEx had ordered, and then it just it was never going to perform well it was disastrous and they both walked away and airbus scrapped the whole thing so uh the a380 definitely if, if you're uh if you're looking to go and uh, and get on those they, they're gonna keep dwindling and, unless you feel like going through dubai soon dave <laughs> we'll see all right good mark your calendars people dubai trip <laughs> coming soon yeah yeah Thanks for tuning in to Cranky Talk. We'll be back with more deep dives and helpful tips for these turbulent times. Before we go, thearchive.net is again sponsoring us this week by seeing just how much you know about the airline industry. Here is this week's question. There is only one airline that operated the A380 but never flew the 747 either in passenger or cargo configuration. Name it. You got it, Dave? No. You gonna you gonna look for it? Yes. Lies. All right. Well, for everyone else, while you're looking for the answer, we suggest heading over to thearchive.net and AvGeek's paradise of timetables, route maps, photos, and so much more. Come back for our next episode to see if you got it right. Uh, and if you'd like to be a sponsor, let us know. Email us at advertise at crankyflyer.com. And please remember to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. This helps others find our podcast. If you have suggestions for what you'd like us to cover in a future show, let us know via email at info at crankyconcierge.com. Or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook at Cranky Concierge. And if you're looking for the top daily airline news stories, you can subscribe to Cranky Daily at crankydaily.com.